Welcome to the Two Dudes Reviews podcast, episode number five. We got together with Brian and Jesse and all the band members in 10 years to discuss their new album, How to Live as Ghosts. So, I'm Brian. Hello. Hello. We have Jesse, lead vocals, Matt Wantland, my counterpart on the guitar, uh, Mr. Kyle Mayer back here who is playing uh, the beautiful drums, Sweet. these new acrylic drums that you can barely see in the background, and then Mr. Chad Huff on bass back here behind me. Okay. Awesome. You've got us all. Yes. Awesome. Now, uh, Brian, i got to ask you, man, um, 10 years and then all of a sudden I'm seeing on your Facebook post you're like a real estate mogul or something. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> got to eat. Yeah. Um, it's, well, basically, I came home in 2013, uh, took a break from the band, and uh, just had to figure something else out in the meantime. So uh, my wife and I had invested a little bit in real estate, and it, I had an interest, so it made sense, got my license, and we have a company, we do that, she helps me run it you know, while I'm gone. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, so that's definitely a thing. Well, we're in, we're in Reno, so it's a pretty damn hot real estate market here. I've often yeah, thought about brutal. going the exact same route because I, like you, uh, have a habit of eating on occasion. And, and, you know, this radio thing doesn't pay a whole hell of a lot. It's probably a little bit more steady than being in a, in a band like you guys. But it still didn't pay a lot of jack, man. I, I want to be able to retire yeah, well, one of these I mean, years. First year in real estate, uh, financially, was a, was a shock it, to the system because I'm used to band dude pay. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so real world pay is, is different. <laughs> I, yeah. hope, I hope it was for the positive, but you've got a uh, musical bug. I mean, you've been the drummer, you've been the guitar player, you kind of switch back and forth. When we see 10 years out on the road here in the very short future, um, where, what's your position going to be in the band, Brian? Uh, guitar. Guitar now. Okay, okay. And uh, I have to say, the, the vocals, once again, just amazing on this record. I mean, uh, I... Uh, there's, we don't have a tool record out right now, and I don't know how often you got, uh, you know, referred to or, or the the kind of the correlation between Maynard just with your vocal stylings. Yeah, um, I mean, I would be lying if I said I didn't grow up listening. So definitely the influence is there, and I think just the tone tonally, I, I share some of the same similarities. But I, the guy's very intriguing to just to to dig into his brain anyway and everything he's gotten into, but. Um, to be put on the same, anywhere near the same pedestal as that guy is, is I'm not worthy, but thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get in the record. The first song is called The Messenger. It's new from 10 years, and you're hearing it here first. So I got to ask, what comes first, the uh, the music or the lyrics, and uh, what was the inspiration for for Messenger, or do they kind of gel together? Um, it, lots of times I'll just save up melody ideas or, or lyrical ideas, pieces of poetry, and just 
like a reserve, a little notepad or a little recorder. But for the most part, to, to marry the two, the music has to have a, a good solid structure. And the messenger actually came about by us scratching some stuff in the studio and having to just start fresh with a new song. I think that was like the newest one. To, that was the last thing. That was the last one to come together. Wow. And it was based on almost a very old school idea from that the band had kind of messed around with a long time ago. So we had a song from our like first independent release way back in the day. And it had a certain groove and a certain feel to it. Uh, and it had the energy that we needed in this last track for the record, the one, the last one that we were going to write. Mm -hmm. And, and so we basically just kind of took that groove idea and we wrote music to off. it. Yeah. yeah. We ripped ourselves off basically. And, uh, <laughs> and, and those melodies, I think those melodies just came, came up driving from Knoxville back to Nashville to the studio. Yep. And for some reason, the word, uh, message and messenger just kept popping into my head and then i kind of like ran that by jesse and then next thing you know that whole that whole thing was done so. yeah he had a, like a, a jumping off point and said if you like this take it it was it was a cool it just it happened really organically it wasn't a struggle like some of them okay and let's talk about the uh, the first single it's cut number two on the album it's called novocaine um what's the background uh, or the inspiration for writing a song like novocaine well, Is it a societal thing? Lyrically, I w it came from me just sitting there. How many albums deep now? This is sixth studio album and just over writing over 100 songs. And just sometimes you just become numb to, to life and the repetition of it. And there was a point just me sitting by myself listening to the music and going, man, I really like everything that's going on. But... Am I am I past my my prime and my my greatest achievements and can I make anything cool and it almost was like I'm just going to embrace the fact that sometimes you feel numb and that's sort of where the original idea vocally came from musically uh, Chad had a riff that you showed it to us like last second we we did a lot of writing and pre-production in. Um, Knoxville and then on the road and stuff, but uh, that was the last one we demoed out to show to yeah. to Nick, and it, we didn't even have it was just a verse and a chorus. It wasn't even a full song yet. It, so cause we were like, well, we're not going to do the entire song if no one likes it because it was a little different for us. Okay, so from that to this, it's Novocaine. Sorry, Andy, I know you're wanting to say something. No, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> Wow. 
Yeah, I'm digging it, man. Um, it's interesting when when Brian sent me the uh, the album to kind of preview. It was the same day I was going to the dentist to have a, a filling refilled, so the song had <laughs> had a new pertinence to it. And, and I got to the dentist. Okay, quick aside story. You said I, I need some supernova cane. <laughs> no, I said I want the laughing gas. And so I'm in the chair, and I said, "You guys use laughing gas, right?" And they said, "Yeah, of course we do." And and then all of a sudden, one of these little old ladies came over and says, "Oh, you got to sign this." I said, "Well, what am I signing?" She says. Well, this is for the $275 that your insurance won't cover so that we can use the laughing gas on. You know I'm saying? Man, I should have just stopped by the head shop, picked up some whippets on the way down or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not get the laughing gas. No laughing gas for you. <laughs> Sorry, say, say again. Say again. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch any of that. It's, sometimes when we're talking, there's a, there's a there's, lag. There's a lag. Yeah, the, the microphone cuts off on your end. So I'm going to give you a countdown. One. <laughs> he says that kind of price is like a brain damage oh man it's horrible you know what the uh someone needs to write a song about uh the dangers of going to the doctor because it'll kill your pocketbook all right let's move on to cut number three it's burnout from 10 years check it out A nod to Led Zeppelin, Days and Confused for so long? Yeah. Of course. Okay, and I want to pause again right here. Listening to this song, I was thinking about what the late, great Tom Petty said once in an interview when he was working with the Heartbreakers, where he said, he said, the song is crap if the bass and drums don't get into this hypnotic, like, this together. And I've noticed that kind of common thing, the theme. There's quite a few songs in this new album where it's the bass and drums coming right off the top at the very beginning of the song that just kind of hypnotize and get you into the song. Was that done purposely? Well, I, I think, I mean, Chad, when, when, when Brian moved around from different instrument here and there, Chad has been with us since... What, 2012 on guitar and then um when we decided to shuffle the band members around again chad uh graciously moved to bass and it just he the way that he wrote on bass is is so much different than what we're used to as a traditional bass player that like they've got such cool groove and then the rhythm section between these two guys is just they've, they've got such a groove to them so yeah, it's super solid yeah. yeah, we we wanted that to be fat and just big and fat, and then let the guitars move out of the way a little bit once in a while, make some room for that. You know, I think the the theme of the record musically was lean and and more deliberate, and and I think giving the drums and bass really a a, a place to move to the front here and there really helps that you know that dynamic. And guitar wise, we didn't go crazy like we usually do where we overthink and overlayer and and overproduce right now i mean really the record is you know i have a part matt has a part and and that's it we're not we didn't go for this big huge cinematic feel this time around
I, I love it when a song gets right to the meat of the uh, the chorus like a minute into it. So uh, nice work on the song Burnout. Moving on to cut number four, uh, Catacombs. Explain uh, Catacombs a little bit. Where, where were you at when you wrote the song? About skulls and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. I stay on stage every night. Yeah, it's pretty funny. They just say it's about skulls and shit because it's called Catacombs. But it really, the, the lyrical content is just about how it's just our insatiable human consumption. Like we just have to, we're consumers. We just keep going and going and going. And the first line of the song is make us a new muse. Our, our golden gods are old news. And then it says, dig up those old bones. Cause these new clones have no rhythm or soul. It's like, as you, you say, new, oh, dig up those old phones or bones, bones, <laughs> dig up those bones. Yeah. Got my new phone. <laughs> yeah. Could have been phones talking about consumerism now do you find that uh you guys are world travelers do you find that consumerism to the level that we have here in north america is the same all over the world or most of the places you've been um uh, not everywhere I, I think of course when there's a a bigger divide of, of poverty and wealth there's not like when you go to certain parts of south america it's a different ball game but then like going to japan they everything is just it's like going and hanging out with the Jetsons or something. They're just way up. So it's like, it's just, it's human nature to, and I mean, I think that with the way everything, technology is just rapidly growing and growing so fast that um, it keeps us wanting the next big thing. We can't, we can't be content with just what we have at the moment. Let's take a listen to it. Catacombs from 10 years. <laughs> I really like the um, the different time sequence in this in this song. It's not your typical four four time. I like the fact that you guys switch it up, and it and it lends a lot of complexity. Um, yeah, and I've, I'll be honest. I've I've heard a couple albums, um, and and I'm not I'm not super familiar with everything you guys have done or your history. Um, and so I'm kind of the music guy, and Andy, while he's a musician, he, you know, he's, he's got a regular day job. He actually makes money for a living. I actually work for a living. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, but I've been a drummer my whole life, so I, I appreciate this song, especially for the rhythm. Cool, thank you. Let's move on to uh, cut number five on the uh, new 10 Years album. It's called Ghosts. Check it out. <laughs>
motionless You're running through the motions of the emotionless Stop Almost sounds like it's a like it comes from a personal space. Is, is that written for somebody or with somebody in mind? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not gonna actually divulge who it is, but that's uh, all right. It, it's it, we we grow up in Knoxville, Tennessee. I've grown up here my whole life, and you you find a lot of close-minded people with very narrow thinking. That it, those type of people become the most judgmental and the, the they can't open their mind to other possibilities of what this world has to offer. And it's, it's the line in the course is stop trying to show how to save our souls because it takes dying to know how to live as a ghost. It's like you, you can't, it's someone spending their whole life preparing for something that we, we don't know till we get there. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Interesting. All right, moving on to uh, cut number six, blood red sky from 10 years. Check it out. on the storm see now there's a uh, doors reference so oh nice got like zeppelin in there we, in. we got the doors we need, we need the stones aerosmith yeah. and maybe, floyd. Floyd. floyd floyd there okay. you go right. searching for the shore what have the thicker the skin the deeper the scar when the blood was shed in vain all for nothing what have I learned today fades into yesterday Tomorrow stays forever a day away We follow the wise and lead the blind Leaving footprints in the sand A walking That's a, a very acrobatic song. There's a lot of different stuff going on in there. Something strikes me, uh, or something tells me, that none of you guys were big uh, fans of, of pop music necessarily growing up. It, it, is that right at all? Uh, uh, pretty close to right, yeah. Well, I mean, if you count the Beatles as pop, I grew up on that. So. No, the Beatles were kind of innovators. They almost, they almost started the whole rock pop movement, especially from a vocal standpoint. Sure. You know, but uh, yeah. they were all amazing musicians. But... Um, does simpleton music bore you guys easily? Because all your, you know, everything I've ever heard from Ten Years has not necessarily been, you know, a one three five, you know, uh, easily duplicatable song. It's all so unique. There's a lot of ear candy in there that you find the more you listen to the record, more stuff pops out. I mean, and Wasteland's still one of the most played rock songs at uh, rock radio in the country. 
after all yeah. these years. Uh, I don't think we're bored by it. It's just not something we can do. This is about as simple as we get. Yeah, if, if you think that this is <laughs> yeah. still complex, this is as much as we strip down. We, we strip this one down so much that we're looking at each other like, is this too simple? You know <laughs> so, what? And, and I get that, but it's still very, very interesting. Um, so, and, and I, was, I, I wanted to ask you, Brian, did you find um, trying to duplicate these things in the live setting uh, too cumbersome? Is that the, why you guys decided to really strip it down and get raw with this new record? I don't, I don't think it was necessarily because of the live context. I think really it was um, a big part of why the record is a bit more lean is Nick. Uh, the producer, Nick Raskulenix, really, I mean, from his first meeting with us, he had the vision for this record as being a very uh, abbreviated and deliberate version of us. And he didn't allow us to overthink. And we're really good at doing that. <laughs> so it's difficult for some of us. <laughs> we could lay our guitars and vocals all day long because we come from that. You know, obviously you've caught the references, old Pink Floyd and stuff, where we like finding the little things, you know all the background noises and little tricks, but we just tried to make it straight out. Yeah, he was challenging us to, to just strip it down and, and let the, the quality of the song itself speak for itself instead of like, we've done a lot of, of ethereal journey traveling songs. So he wanted us to challenge us to just do straightforward rock songs. Which in turn do lend themselves to the live context really well because this record will be able to play it front to back and it's going to be presented very close to the record yeah. you know um, whereas the last couple records where we went to la la land a little bit uh you know with production and there's just stuff swirling all over the place that is tough that is tough to to you know bring alive in a live setting sure all right let's get on to uh cut number seven on the album called phantoms from 10 years Again, bass and drums, driving. Absolutely. What are you looking at your watch? Is there anywhere you need to be that's more important than this right now? Not at all. I just got a call. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just muting the call. That's all. Phantoms from 10 years. Yeah, I, uh, I, I also hear a little bit of almost like a Chevelle in there with the, with the bass and drums. Uh, and, I, and I love the guys in Chevelle, but you're talking about simpleton stuff. Occasionally seeing a band like Chevelle live 
it's you know it's it just it, I get bored easily, and yeah. it's not a strike against the band. Some people really dig that stuff, especially if you're uh, smoking the bong. Uh, but I like to get a little bit more heady with it. And, and I, I apologize this right here that I was sniffing up my nose is Old English Snuff, brought to you by Packards, found at MrSnuff.com. Uh, so don't, shameless don't, plug. don't freak out about it. Uh, the, the viewers of Two Dudes Reviews know it well because we actually do reviews on this damn stuff. Uh, so tell us about Phantoms. Uh, I mean, it's another one of those with the, the, the bass is very prevalent in it. And it so well, wait, I, I, so this is how Phantoms began, though, right? I was sitting at home. I had an I, I recorded an acoustic guitar with me humming the chorus melody, and okay. I sent it to everybody, and they were all like, no, that's not very cool. It sounds like church music. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't even know why we started doing it after that, because at first no one was into it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think I got stumbled on the intro kind of chord because I was doing the kind of, I'm a big Chili Peppers John Shanti fan. So I got a bunch of clangy, you know, like, shangy chords under there and kind of like, I started making weird chords instead of just a normal straight chord and it gives it a little more dimension in the chorus mm -hmm. than it had. So that I pleased myself enough to be like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Now, um, guitar, drums, what do you, um, Mark, what do you what do you have more fun playing, or are they kind of equal? Because because I've done guitar, drums, and bass, but ne never drums in a band, but guitar and bass in bands, and they both have their own distinct nuances. However, playing the same songs over and over, night after night after night, on bass to me just got a little bit repetitive. I really love getting behind the guitar so I could you know mix it up, and there was there was more yeah. to to focus on. Um, for me, it, there's it's a totally different expression. So, um, I, I really loved drums. I loved being able to be back there and be hidden by things. And I really felt like I was in my own world and able to, I mean, that's an instrument where every night I would play different fills, you know, you make them up on the spot and you just kind of like, you let your emotion dictate what, what happened back there, you know, on guitar, you do have a little bit more of, um, you know, a box that you're in because you have to play certain chords at certain times. But um, I, I, I don't know. I like them both. I, I, I love playing guitar because that expressiveness, you know, is is it's a different emotion. And I like having that the ability to somehow uh, express that emotion in a way that is I mean, it's very different than drumming because drumming. I was more barbaric and primal. You know, that was my. My, I don't have the technical chops on the drums that Kyle does, yeah. so I just would hit them hard and Smash. hope for the best. And you beat the <laughs> shit out of the drums. And and maybe what kind of diet plan you're on, because you can you you can diet much better on the kit than you can, you know, with the six strings. <laughs> you need all, less of a diet on the kit. That's right. All the six strings do is give you back problems if it's a heavy less Paul. You know. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I walk with a hunch, man. <laughs> I get you. I feel you, brother. I feel you. All right. <laughs> Let's move right along to uh, cut number eight, Vampires from 10 Years.
Nice. You know, and I just realized something. I mean, uh, usually when I hear a, a really heavy rock album, I think, oh, Christmas songs. And But this one, I'm looking at it, I'm like, uh, Vampires, Phantoms, Blood Red Sky, Ghosts, album's coming out around Halloween. It's a Halloween record. <laughs> right? Is, is, he, is the album going to be serviced with, like, a special 10 years mask or something? Maybe some. Maybe wow. everybody gets the dreads they used to have, Jesse. Everybody can rock the, uh, the Jesse dreads cap. Yeah. <laughs> Bag of candy corn. Everybody... I like that, too. Here's a story about, uh, about that song, Vampires. Um, after we did the record, we were all done, and then Nick went to Seattle to do the new Alice in Chains record. And he texted me. Uh, they were taking a break in the studio, and we just got the mastered version back. So he played it for Jerry Cantrell and Sean Kenny. And Vampires is is their favorite song on the record. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure. Don't screw up this song, None Ryan. whatsoever. I find myself listening to it a lot when I have <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I like the song, too. Screw it, yeah. So I'm listening to it a lot. Um, to to reverse way back to uh, cut number two on the on the album, just saw the video for the song Novocaine, and I wanted to ask all you guys, uh, but especially you, Brian, just because I know a little bit of your family history. How has your wife, uh, your child? I mean, it it had to be, I would assume, a bit of a relief to get off the road and not have to, as as a wife of a rock star, you know, deal with dad or husband being gone for months at a time um how receptive have they been to you jumping back into the fold and doing this again man it's got to be uh, pressure right the kid yeah i mean it's it's tough on the kids i mean obviously it's it's tough on the whole family but my wife uh she i mean she's honestly the biggest reason why i ended up i mean she she told me once our daughter our youngest daughter was born really prematurely and she was in the hospital for like you know, on and off for the first year of her life. And so music was not even on the radar at all. That was totally, I wasn't thinking about that whatsoever. Then when Jesse, you know, talked to me about coming back and um, just so happened to work out that my daughter's health was better. And so my wife was like, hey, you miserable dog, get back on the road and do what you love. Because, you know, she, she knows me well enough to know that being in music and, and doing this is just, I mean, at this point, it's just who I am. So um, it sucks to be away from them, but they, I couldn't ask for a more supportive family, so I'm lucky. Now, was that your wife and child doing the can? Because I, I saw cameos from all you guys in the video. Was that them in the video? Oh, dude, we were pushing. Uh, our, we have a nine-year-old who's, like, in the background, and then uh, we were pushing our three- and two-year-olds in a double stroller in the video. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was like we were totally in soccer mom, Bill. <laughs> that video's a trip. I don't want any of the drugs that guy was on. Everything he touches turns gray, man. It's freaky. <laughs> All right, listen. What's that? <laughs> you tried that probably in Reno once. Yeah. You don't want to be part of this, Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Cut number nine is Halos. I was going to say, you know these guys are batted to the bone when there's a choir of angels singing behind them, which we've heard quite a bit through this video. All here. through the video. Something's going on back there. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to... Say that again, Jesse. We miss it. So we're, we're, we plan on bringing an entire choir on tour with our, our inflated budget. We are, are you guys $2 here? $2 a day for you. Are you guys here in the band that's playing downstairs? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. We're actually, we're actually going to borrow Feldman's Angels. Uh, so I heard they needed a gig, so uh, 
<laughs> have you seen Corey Feldman's stuff? No. Oh. <laughs> it's. I think dude, I saw a picture of Corey Feldman with some angel chicks, dude, and it, I couldn't bring myself to watch it's it. It's uh, like watching a car crash, man. You, you don't want to <laughs> slow down. Good for him. Good for him. Do yeah. it up. Yeah, you Get don't want to. You don't want to be a looky-loo, but you got to be a looky-loo. Anyways, let's go to the song. Just take your precious hands away. They're blocking your view of freedom right beyond your cage. It's a fragile house of cards you've made to shadow the truth for fear of change. I like seeing the uh, the band in the background doing the, the air drums because that's it, it, Andy's very reserved today. He spent a hard day at work and then he spent twenty eight thousand dollars on his car driving over here today. He's a little stressed out. I apologize for that. But usually that would be this guy right here. And I've had to I've had to tell him to stop because again, as we set up the uh, the video, and I don't know if this was on camera or not, but what? I have this jinky ass CD player here and this burn. And so when Andy gets into a video, he was always pounding his foot like that, and all of a sudden the song would be. And I'm like, oh. Andy, will you stop it, man? you got to stop that shit. I'm sitting on the foot now. I'm the <laughs> He's the guy. Brian, it's, it, Brian's it. Yeah. Way yeah. yeah. Way to go. All right. Uh, cut number 10. 10 years. Lucky you. Sunday best Not sure how I got into this mess He said, son, are you ready to repair? But I just don't know if my lips will let go And give back control to my tongue For I confess Wow, very tasty, man. I dig that one a lot. Um, yeah. And I'm hearing a lot of vocals in the background. Jesse, did you do all the uh, vocal overlays, or are you all you guys going to be singing on tour? Um, usually, I do like all the stacked vocals and stuff, but this time, Nick, trying to take us out of our comfort zone, he, he really went after Brian to sing harmonies and counters on some stuff. So Brian's on a lot of this, more so than probably any of our records. I think that our independent, you had some vocals on. 
I think it's a nice separation listening to you guys sing though, because your voice is so distinct. When you do some of the harmony, sometimes it can start to blend. Runs like together. hearing the two of you against each other kind of creates another dimension that's not usually there. Yeah, Nick Nick wanted me to actually have my voice on this record to where on the last like couple records when I would sing harmonies, I I would literally basically try to conceal that it was me and I would try to sound like Jesse and then it you know it's blasted with effects so you can't really tell but this time around Nick wanted to you know play off the fact that we have very different vocal tones um, you know and utilize that now with such a long break between albums um, what have you guys been listening to in your spare time and, and has any of that influenced how you approach this particular album and maybe you can name drop a few bands that are on your you know top most played at home or in your car stereo or whatever i stick with the classics i mean i literally don't listen to anything new i don't think i don't know either i, I listen to uh if it's new it's, it's a little bit more obscure uh a band that i stumbled across that i thought put out a really really great record is a band called oh brother and yeah, that record yeah awesome. they have a new album out that's it's, it's it's so different. Like I, I'm, I'm the guy that likes to, to venture into the the more obscure, weird, ethereal stuff all the time. Like it's hard for me to just listen to straightforward anything. I, I like the, the cerebral aspect of a lot of things. So unless it's my my good old fashioned uh, New York hip hop, then I like straightforward. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, there's no rapping on the record. There's no rap on the record. <laughs> all right. Yeah listen to the last track yet <laughs> we haven't. wait we got one more one more to go and only 11 songs how many songs did you guys uh have to sacrifice on the sacrificial lamb table for this Qu- quite a few i mean did you did you rock did you roll into the album writing process with 100 songs and scratch it all the way back Not, to 11 but i do i think we showed up at nick's with at least like 25 or so right yeah. ideas not full-fledged songs we had at least 25 different ideas but the songs that made it to the record um were torn apart and reworked so many times from the the original creation of them that it's really to, to hear the demo version and then hear the, the final result. Some of them are drastically different. It, it, for me, it, it almost took a minute to get used to it because you, you get so married to the things we've created within. Demoitis. Our, yeah, demoitis is what we nickname it. You get, you get married to the the creation you have for so long and then you take it to a guy and he just tears it up in front of your face and says all right now let's do it again <laughs> yeah nick wasn't afraid to tell us that one of our ideas sucked i mean it we heard it often so i've i've all, been there good but really i mean i think the writing started you know from from completion you know from beginning to completion it's probably a year when we really when it, the the whole process first started to actually having the master record, you know? Yeah, it was about a, long time. about a year worth of writing just on and off in between tours and just collect, collecting pieces of songs and then putting it all together. Very cool. Last song in the album is called Insomnia from 10 Years. Check it out. Never awake. 
What is your definition for success after uh, the whole cycle is is over? When you guys look back on all this, to say, "Wow, we uh, we did what we hoped to do," or we didn't quite hit that mark. You you always want to be somewhat happy or okay with what you've created. At least I do. It, it, I can't create something that I just absolutely don't like because then it just haunts me and eats away at me. And, um, for a, for a while, I mean, that's why we kind of did our last, our prior two records were done at Brian's place and it was completely shut off from the industry in, in many ways so that we could have full creative freedom because it got to a point with the record Feeding the Wolves where we were being told so much of what to do and how to look and how to sound that like it, it took away the feeling of why we, we really do this and it's it is the passion of, of creating music and at the end of the day you can't really dictate what's gonna be successful you, you hope that it's successful so you can keep it as a career but you have to be able to to live with what you've created and hope you've, you've done a, a good job I mean for me I want this thing to keep building because um, ultimately this is this is part of our lives this is what we do so you know, in a perfect world, we'd be doing this for all of eternity until we, you know, we die. So uh, knowing that this is long term and that we've been doing it. I mean, we started the band in high school and now we're mid 30s. Uh, I want to see longevity and I just want to keep building this thing and, you know, playing venues, you know, uh, each year bigger and bigger. And and because, uh, you know, if we can keep selling tickets, if we if people keep getting the records, that allows us to keep going and for us to be able to keep going that you know we have a lot more creativity left in us and a lot more songs uh, more stories to tell so for me success is the ability to keep building the brand and to keep you know uh, doing this making more records and just playing more shows you know what yeah, I heard Andy after what? that one million dollars one million dollars so, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, you know to, to add to what Brian was saying, um, we, we also, we enjoy hanging out and, you know, my favorite time when we're traveling is, is the mornings we have on the bus, just making stupid ass jokes and just laughing and hanging out and, and, and we, we all come off stage and, you know, we're still having fun up there. It's, we just enjoy it, so. Okay, uh, so who is the best cook in the band? <laughs> Man. Uh, there's, um, that's we don't really have one anymore, do we? I mean, Kyle's <laughs> pretty good. Kyle's a, I used to be Lewis way back in the day. He was always up there with the grill. No one, everyone just kind of does their own thing and just eats at a restaurant. We gotta start griddling again. We yeah, need, we need yeah. to get the grill out. You know, so the, you, you know the, who, the, who's the best cook in our band? This guy. 
I this I, guy. This yeah, guy. I like to I like to cook. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> yeah. So uh Tour is going to take you guys. You're primarily going to hang out on the East Coast. So for people watching this on the East Coast, you might get a chance to see 10 years before the end of the year. Uh, you're not going to make it out West until probably after the first of the year, yeah? Yeah, we, we have plans um, early, late winter, early spring to, to get all the way West. Right now, I mean, we'll go middle America, but it, we won't make it all the way. You, you have to break it up into two legs almost. I'm so excited for you guys. Uh, congratulations on being back together. Brian, uh, it's always great to see you on Facebook. We've, we've had a, a, a nice, long friendship and relationship, and, uh, and I appreciate your artwork and, and what you do, and just you as a person, I, uh, I do appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. It's, uh, it's uh, great to talk to you. The, uh, the music comes out for human consumption in uh, album form or however you decide to get it. When? Uh, October 27th. Okay. Oh, wow, nice. So we'll we'll try and throw this video up a couple of days before that is our Halloween. That's our Halloween. Music. You're the Halloween release. You know, I got, I got to make a comment about this. It's really funny because Jave gets the download or whatever. He burns me a copy so I can listen, right? So I can at least know what we're talking about. Um, because sometimes this is almost like a first listen for me, and I almost like that. But I've been listening to this album for a couple of weeks now, but I knew none of the names to any of the songs I had to guess. Messenger I got, Novocaine I got, but some of the other ones. This is always kind of fun because I get to come in and I get to see, oh, wait, oh, that's the name of that song? Oh, yeah. cool. All he gets is the burn and it just says cut number one or cut number two or whatever. Sorry, Brian, what were you saying? Oh, I just said he didn't know it was Halloween thing. I, I didn't know anything. I, I just get a little disc that I put the in the car. What's that? Is that the cover of the record's a jack-o'-lantern? <laughs> all right guys hey congratulations on everything we will see you very very soon go grab the new 10 years record on the 27th hey thanks for checking out the two dudes reviews and interviews podcast remember you can always uh, stream us on itunes you can find us on itunes now believe it or not also check out our website two dudes it's d-o-o-d-s